Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Reddit Readings. Coming up in this episode of Let's Not Meet. A creepy hotel worker stares at a girl in the middle of the night. A woman had to hide her kid from a shooter. A neighbor got killed. A man invited himself to a coffee date. And more creepy situations. Hope you all will enjoy this episode. Reddit Readings, Episode 39 my neighbor got killed, and we all heard. I live in a middle low class neighborhood in the Caribbean. It's a quiet place where nothing happens. The type of place people go and retire to, and sip pinja carladas all day. However, a few houses next to mine lived a family that was not like the rest. They had the biggest house on the street and lived luxuriously. Their kids would play with me, especially the smallest girl we all nicknamed Tiny. Tiny was about 5 when I was 11, and she was always at my house. I knew my mom and the neighbors were concerned about a 5-year-old being all day outside and not arriving at her house until midnight on school days, but it was a quiet place where nothing happened, so no one got worried. When Tiny turned 6, her parents threw a giant birthday party for her and all of the neighborhood kids were invited. I wanted to go, they had bouncy houses, water slides and everything a kid would want to play with, but my parents didn't allow me to go. I never knew why, I supposed it was because my mom didn't know her mom. I remember feeling very sad because everyone was there and I was playing alone at my house. After the birthday, things went back to normal and one day we were all playing and talking about what our parents did for work. We asked Tiny and her siblings, but none of them knew what they did, except he traveled a lot and was always at meetings. I didn't pay much attention and we all continued on with our day. One night, we were playing on the street when we started hearing loud pops coming from Tiny's house. I will never forget that day, the neighbors, including my mom, came out rushing us inside yelling it was gunshots. Some of us got in my house and we stayed there as my next door neighbor, a cop, ran towards Tina's house. All we saw after the gunshots were a black van rushing down the street and almost killing a dog. Some men entered the house. Tiny and her siblings wanted to check what was going on but everyone forbade them to go. All I remember was a bunch of cops and ambulances a few minutes later, and in a day I never saw Tiny or her siblings again. For a couple of months, the house sat empty, but black vans and strange men kept coming into the neighborhood door to door asking for any information about the man and his children. No one in the neighborhood spoke about it. I know the cops asked me about Tiny and the kids, and if they ever said something weird about his dad and mom, but I was only 11 and more concerned about playing Mario Kart Wii than about what happened that night. Years passed and the story faded away. Now that I'm grown up, I ask my neighborhood, the cop, what went down that night. As there were rumors the guy died. He said that night the man got a gun emptied in his skull and his wife was gravely wounded. She survived because he was a drug lord that was going to make a deal with the police to turn his rival gangs and some other people to the cops. The men in the van that were going door to door wanted to know where his kids and wife were to also shut them up. As to the kids, his oldest son was found dead a few hours away in a neighboring town, his car set ablaze. His other children are now living in other countries under witness protection programs. I just hope, wherever Tiny is, she's doing okay, and her family got the help they needed. I'm 23, a girl, and last night I had a talk with my dad which made me shiver. There is this hotel at the Bulgarian seaside, in which we have an apartment. 
To be honest that's a strong word for it, because it's just a big room with giant bed, refrigerator, big windows on both of the walls and a small bathroom. It's on a ground floor and again, both of the walls are facing the parking lot of the hotel. Despite all that it's perfect for me alone, it's right next to the beach and that's why I've been spending some of my summer vacations there. So in July 3 years ago, I'm spending a week with my ex-boyfriend there, and 3-4 to four weeks alone after that. My ex always said that the owners of the hotel are a bunch of creeps. Whenever we went out of the room, we had to walk a path passing through the reception, where they used to sit all day, doing nothing. The old dad, 60, his son Crumb, 40, his daughter, 45, and her husband. When you pass they all get silent and stare at you. Every freaking time. I was used to it already, but the boyfriend was irritated, especially when he caught Crumb staring at my ass, smiling. After that he used to stare him down deadly, right in the eye, whenever he got a chance. So my ex goes back to the city and it's now the third week I've been alone and the night is really hot, so I open both windows wide open and put the curtains above them to defend myself from being peeked at. After all I'm at ground level and my bed is right below both of the windows. I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel like someone's watching me. This happens the next few nights. I'm easily scared and paranoid, but I was alone there, so I've been telling myself to chill, and that's just my crazy mind trying to scare itself. Some nights went by without problem. Meanwhile Crumb tried to talk with me two two three times when I'm off to the beach. So it's around 1am, I'm falling asleep, and I hear footsteps outside the path. It's not strange, there are some people next to me staying at the same kind of apartment, maybe someone's coming home, or going out partying, but the steps stop at one point, really close outside, I hear all of it cause of the opened windows. I'm sitting in the bed now, and listening when I notice, that the freaking door handle is moving slowly up and down. I kinda lost my shit, but stayed quiet, and gave some props to myself, for locking the door. After that nothing happened, and the person just walked away. I closed the windows, called my dad, and told him what just happened. He told me to lock and close everything, and that he'll take me in the morning. It's a 5 hour drive. This was 3 years ago. Last night we are having dinner, and my dad is like, do you remember your sea adventures? And he proceeds to tell me that he has made his own little investigation back in the day and asked the owners of the hotel for security camera records. They check the ones at the parking lot and see a male figure walking around. The part with the door handle wasn't in the camera's range though. My dad remembers of my strange midnight waking up routine and tells them to check older records in which they all see a man getting at my window and peeking through the curtains, standing like that for 15 to 20 minutes. The woman finally recognized her brother and told my dad he has mental disabilities and begged him to not press any charges and that they'll take better care for him and look after him. So good guy dad did not press charges and it appears we're selling the apartment. So anyone interested in buying? Strange and awkward crumb, let's not meet my dude. The one time I saved a girl from being taken. So, this happened when I was 19 or 20. I'm 31 now, rarely drink or go out anymore, but last weekend a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a couple of years asked me out, and we ended going to a club on the same street where this story takes place and reminded me of it. 
legal drinking age in Brazil is 18, so people here start partying pretty early, and let's face it, no one really knows their limits when they start drinking. My friends and I had gone to this club, I honestly can't remember the name right now, but I know it closed down a couple years back, we had a great time, and the sun was coming up as we were leaving. Most clubs here give you a credit card when you walk in, where you either put in the money you plan on spending, or they work as a personal digital tab, where bartenders add up what you're drinking, and you pay for it on the way out. I pay for my stuff, and sit outside to wait for my friends who are taking a long time to get out, probably due to being drunk AF. As I'm sitting there, I notice a car across the street. Two dudes on the front seats, one out of the car trying to make this, clearly drunk out of her mind girl, get inside as well. She's mumbling, stumbling, struggling to keep her eyes open, and she's saying no, I don't wanna go, over and over, shaking her head clinging onto the car door, as the guy keeps telling her to let go and get inside, that they're just going to a friend's apartment to drink some more, it'll be fun, come on. I watch, wondering if I should do something, if no one else is seeing this happening, I look at the club's security guard, he looks at me and shrugs, like it's not his responsibility. I look back at the girl, and I'm really uncomfortable, but also scared. My friends are still nowhere to be seen, I'm alone, the security guard is clearly not doing anything, and there's three of the guys, what if they decide to try and get me too? The girl says one more time, that she doesn't want to go with them, and before I realize what I'm doing, I'm getting to my feet and shouting hey. The guy stops trying to push the girl into the car for a moment and looks at me. She said she doesn't want to go, dude, I say, starting to make my way across the street, even though my hands are shaking, and my voice is probably not the most convincing. She's our friend, she's just drunk and being cranky, it's all good, we're just gonna take her home, he says. He seems a bit nervous, and not exactly angry, which makes me feel a bit better, or less scared. Do you know them? I ask her, and she just shakes her head no, using the door as support to keep herself on her feet. Creep number one, the one who was trying to push her into the car, looks at me, then to his friends, who seem frustrated, but start saying come on, man, let's go, just leave it. Creep number one, now looking a bit pissed, grabs the girl, and pushes her towards me, before getting into the car, and they all leave. The girl nearly falls on her face, but I grab her, and we walk back to the front of the club, my heart slowly going back to its normal rate. Only then I realize my friends had come out, and were watching everything from across the street with confused faces. We all meet random people at clubs, at the door, walking down this street, so they probably thought I'd met someone. I start asking her what happened, if she's alone, where's all her stuff, and she's an incoherent mess, mumbling about losing track of her friends, her purse, she doesn't even know how she paid her tab to leave. I ask for some help to the security guard, he says he can't leave his spot, he can't do anything. I explained what happened to my friends, and they talk to the hostess about it, who begrudgingly goes and checks the lost and found. Her purse is thankfully there, minus the money she had in her wallet, and we managed to call her parents. I talk to her mom, because the girl can't explain anything, and I promise to stay there until the mom comes to get her. 30 minutes later the mom arrives, and I've never seen someone look so relieved and terrified at the same time. 
She thanks me and my friends profusely and offers us a ride home, but, as we lived in the next town over, she just drives us to the subway station. In the middle of all the craziness I forgot to exchange numbers with any of them, so I've never heard of that girl or her mom again, but I hope she learned to be more careful with how much she drinks or who she talks to in clubs. Also shame on her friends for not looking out for her or trying to find her when they realized she was missing, though maybe they were all just as drunk as she was, who knows. I know what I did was probably a bit reckless, but I wouldn't be able to just watch that car drive away and live with myself. Please be safe when going out people and creeps at nightclubs who try to take advantage of intoxicated people. Let's never meet again. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. There was a guy in my house and I pretended he wasn't there. So, bit of background info. I currently live with my parents. The house is two stories. There is an in-law apartment on the first floor, along with some other things. Garage bay, furnace room, laundry room. I live in the in-law apartment. My dad has been working with a contractor and some of his employees to replace the wall-mounted air conditioners. There have been a lot of people in and out of the house. The day this happened, my mom and I went out to do some grocery shopping, and my dad stayed home to direct the contractors. We got back and discovered they were gone, and my dad had gone to bed, so my mom and I made some dinner and hung out upstairs for a little while. I mentioned offhandedly to my mom that our cars were still outside, and I talked about a woman whose car and house had been broken into down the road. This creeped her out, and she sent me downstairs to check that the front door was locked. It wasn't. In fact, it was a little bit ajar. I closed it and locked the deadbolt, then went back upstairs. We stayed upstairs and watched TV for a few more minutes until I heard a loud thump downstairs in the in-law apartment. I assumed that this was my cat getting antsy because I wasn't feeding her. I told my mom that I was going to go downstairs to feed her and then come up to finish the episode. As I walked down the stairs I heard another louder thump which I thought was my cat getting excited it was food time. I opened the door and she was nowhere to be found, really unusual for her, so I was confused. I walked into the kitchen to look for her and noticed something that made my heart sink. The furnace door was closed. I never close the furnace door and neither do my parents because we want the cat to be able to get inside to catch mice. I recognized then that the thunk I'd heard could have been the heavy furnace door closing. I was completely frozen, convinced that there was someone right behind that door hiding from me. Now, I'd seen a lot of scary movies lately, and it could have been paranoia, but this felt awful and not right. I knew that I didn't want to give this potential person any reason to open the door. 
so I put on my best acting skills and pretended that I'd noticed nothing amiss. I did some baby talk to my cat, who still hadn't materialized, and scooped out some food for her. I was super creeped out whenever I had to let the door out of my sight. I was basically keeping it in my vision at all times to see movement. After feeding the cat I went back upstairs. I grabbed my mom and explained what had happened. She was skeptical, again, scary movies, paranoid, and thought maybe one of the contractors had closed the door. But, seeing how off-put I was, she went to go wake up my dad. My dad grabbed his gun and went downstairs. He screamed up at us to call the cops and get somewhere safe. We hid in the bedroom and we called the cops, who showed up and searched the entire house, not finding anyone. My dad explained to me, after they'd gone through the house, why he'd said to call the cops. He saw that the furnace room door and the back door to the outside were both wide open. So, person who was hiding in my furnace room while my entire family was home, let's not meet again. Had to hide from shooter with my crying kid. Didn't know where to post this. Yesterday, Saturday morning, my kid, too, has been running out the back door and having us chase her. It's a naughty habit and can be quite scary when she bolts out the door. So she did that again and I ran out after her, saying wait for mommy. She has just gone down the deck stairs. I'm right there behind her when, blam blam, blam blam blam, gunshots, and a man running right in front of us in the alley behind my house with a small silver handgun pointed down the alley behind him. He's in a black pleather jacket and green hoodie, scarcely older than a teenager, but has a determined slash confident slash unflappable air to him that sends chills down my spine. I can't even describe it. He is so close there isn't time to do anything more than grab my child and duck behind the chicken coop, city hens allowed here. I guess I figured he'd keep running down the alley and we could crouch there till he disappeared. Only he doesn't. He hangs a hard left and jumps my neighbor's fence, the neighbor whose yard borders my chicken enclosure. This guy walks within feet of us. Starts to exit by the neighbor's gate. Then, and this moment will stay with me for eternity, he hears my toddler scream crying, the only sound around at that moment. He stops, with his hand on his gun, and turns to look for the source of the crying. I can't hide any more than I'm hiding, and if he turns his head an inch more, he'll see us. Somehow I squeeze, and lean just enough out of sight, that he just doesn't see us. There was something in his very calm energy that petrified me. A shooter who has just had a gun battle in the middle of the day in a little family neighborhood seems to give no fucks, naturally, if others are hurt. But I had this horrible cold dread all over me in that moment, that if he turned all the way and saw us, saw me, saw my expression, he would have to shoot me, because my face said I saw what you did. It was the most terrifying moment of my entire life. I felt perched between utter peril and life, the breathing, screaming life in my arms. Would he turn that little gun on us? Somehow, incredibly, miraculously, amazingly, as though the pull of investigating the crying, so close to him, was suddenly overwhelmed by his desire to get the fuck out of Dodge. He puts his gun in his pocket and exits through the gate, runs across the street, jumps the across the street neighbor's fence, and disappears. I smacked my kid's head in my haste to get us back inside, sorry baby, and, freaking out, pulled all the curtains and locked the doors, then spent 10 goddamn minutes getting put on hold by 9 one, one.
When the cops arrived I gave them my eyewitness account and my neighbor, who had been about to take her trash out and saw it all, gave the same account. They caught the guy he was shooting at, but they never caught the shooter I saw. It still sends chills down my spine. What if he comes back? What if those bullets had struck my toddler, running toward the shooter? A little girl was recently killed in the exact same way, at a park we frequent, sprayed with bullets from a gun battle in the middle of the day in the middle of a playground. It makes me sick to my stomach, and I'm not even sure I want to live in this city or country anymore. He invited himself to a coffee date with me. Let me set the scene. It's late summer, I'm 18, and I had just recently moved 2 hours away from home to attend university. My course is a fairly niche one prehistory and archaeology, so there aren't really that many students, maybe 50 who start the course every year. I have pretty severe anxiety, to the point where I'd be unable to just talk to strangers, so making new friends is hard for me. A few weeks into the semester, a guy starts to sit next to me in our shared classes. He introduces himself to me as Michael and tells me he's 32. I'm not judgmental at all, and I think it's great when people who are a bit older decide to go back to university, but this guy clearly looks like he is in his 40s. A bit odd, I think to myself, but whatever, I'm just glad I'm not the weird girl who never talks to anyone in class anymore. We talk a bit and after class, on my way out of the building, I put my headphones on when he taps my shoulder. I hate when strangers touch me and asks what song I was listening to. I told him, and he immediately goes, oh, that's the band with the sexy lead singer, who always wears lingerie, right, and I'm just like, yeah, in a pretty hesitant tone, because that comment felt weird to me. He continues by asking me what I was up to now, and I tell him I'm on my way to get coffee before my next class now later, and he just invites himself to join me. So we get on the tram to go to the place where I get my coffee, and he keeps recommending me music to listen to, all heavy metal bands, which I'm absolutely not into, and never implied I was, so I guess he just assumed, because my hair was red at the time and I like dark clothes and makeup. As we got to the coffee place, we order and he insists on paying for my coffee, and as we wait for our drinks, he asks me for my phone number. I don't ever give my number to people I don't know, and the whole thing made me really uncomfortable as at that point he started to stand closer to me. Again, really uncomfortable and my anxiety brain starts to ring all the alarm bells. He hands me his phone, my name already in there, just waiting for my number. Panicked, I put in my number, pretty sure he'd be the kind of guy who'd try to call to make sure I didn't give him a wrong number. And surprise, he did that. Please don't ever do that, people, when someone gives you a wrong number they aren't into you, but don't feel comfortable to say no. I go the uni building my next class is in, and he follows me there too. He didn't have a class there, just wanted to show off his car to impress me. I'm like 40 minutes early for my class, but at this point I'm so uncomfortable around this guy, that I'm just happy to have a reason to leave. As I'm telling him I'm off, he goes in for a hug and kisses me on the cheek. I basically just give an awkward laugh and run off. After this, he would text me a couple of times, just pointless shit and some pretty racist, completely random memes. I tried to avoid him as much as possible, started to skip classes I knew he was in, or coming late, so I could get a seat as far away from him as possible and close to the door, so I could leave quickly. 
after I made a couple friends by just inserting myself into an already existing friend group lol, we started to realize he had pulled this shit on several girls and made many of us super uncomfortable. He was reported to uni for being a creep, they didn't do anything, and he also turned out to be a complete nut job when he held presentations and seminars and argued with professors after they told him how wrong he was about basically everything. He ended up telling a friend of mine about his BDSM fantasies, which, no issue with that in general, but a 40-something year old dude randomly starting to tell that to a 20-year-old girl is beyond creepy. We have to work on an excavation site for a month in summer, and everyone who worked with him said he was a horrible man-child, and he called a male colleague fat and ugly, which resulted in him getting a warning from uni. Interesting how that had consequences but all the complaints from girls didn't. He ultimately was expelled when he called the department head an artsy for not taking him on an excursion that was already full. I did sadly see him again after that when I was sat on a park bench in front of uni. I hoped he wouldn't recognize me as I had dyed my hair green by that point, but nope. He walked up to me and asked how I'm doing. I, absolutely terrified of him after hearing everyone else's stories, a friend hitched a ride with him once, and he kept resting his hand on her thigh, just said I had to get to my class and left. I get anxiety just thinking about encountering him again so, Michael the creep from uni, let's not meet again. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings, episode 39. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.